Look at us. Look at us. Uh, again, we are also very much spreading the word on an at-risk missing person, a young lady that they have her age listed at 25 foot five. Her name is Lori uh, uh, Leah Newman. Her clothing, a tan and white T-shirt, tan shorts, and Crocs. And she was last seen with her six-week-old daughter. Uh, Leah is uh, bad. She's has the mental capacity of a nine-year-old. So if you see, you know, report it to authorities ASAP. So again, Leah and Cynthia Newman last seen at 2 a.m. near Main Street and 24th Avenue Southwest in Norman. Funny story, I was up. Terrible story, though. If you see, call 911 immediately, and we'll keep an eye out here in the Norman area for it. All right, Josh, you ready for the top five stories of the day? Giddy up. Let's do it. It's time for the top five. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It might. Uh-oh. It is still time. Did... Is it? All right, well, let's do it. Top five stories of the day. As always, brought to you by Newcastle <laughs> Casino, newcastlecasino.com. Did did everything just break, or are we good? Uh, we, we broke over there, but I can still hit this for big story number five, if you would like. Let's do it. Number five. Didn't the top five stories of the day get off to a rough start yesterday, too? I know. Something about this week. We're just It's a challenging week for us. Slept in again today. It's bad. It's bad, Josh. This whole sleeping thing, pretty freaking awesome. You should try it more often. It's incredible. It's like no one bothers you. You're just asleep. It's great. All right, big story number five. I, I, I put a couple softball things in here because we haven't really talked a lot about what's going on in softball, you know, outside of the Jordy situation this week. Um, former OU and North Texas pitcher Hope Troutwine is on her way to Houston. Hope was with the team last season as a volunteer, or as a graduate assistant coach, excuse me, and she gets her first full-time position after she was grad assistant this year and is playing professionally with the pride. She's going to be missed, but it's also one of the coolest stories because when she came to Oklahoma, Josh, when Hope Troutwine came to Oklahoma, she's kind of she wasn't in a great spot, I think, with softball. She for sure had no plans of being a coach or wanting to be around the game more, but she she fell in love with the process and this is truly one of those, and we'll see how things work out as a coach, right? She hasn't, she hasn't called a game yet, and she's on her way down to Houston where obviously budget and reputation is a little bit different than what you had at Oklahoma. But she lived in North Texas, right? So I think Hope's a great addition and a really cool story. And the main reason I brought it up was because she literally fell in love with the game when she came to Oklahoma. So, so many times whenever people are, oh, Oklahoma, just, Transfer you, buying all these players, or however they want to put it, because they win. Okay, whatever. Win, changing lives. And now Hope Troutwine is on her way to Houston to be the pitching coach there. I think it's a cool story. Uh, Josh, are you hearing anything portal-wise on Locked On Sooners? Has John Williams brought any crazy portal news on the softball side of things? Not yet. We're still hopeful that, I don't know, maybe – 
maybe we get good news with the uh, Vodder out of Stanford and who knows, Kern from Indiana, but there's nothing to report yet, right? I mean, hey, wh- what are you hearing? You're the you're the man to ask. I know, right? I can't tell you. I'm going to go pack. You know what? I just can't. I'm, I know, but I'm not going to tell you. Now, that's what I'm not telling you what I know. No, I, I don't really know anything, to be honest with you. I think it's been quite. I brought this up earlier this week. I don't think that and I hope Trout Wine being mentioned here is a good example. There is not a hope Trout Wine. There is not a G. Juarez. There isn't a. Who am I leaving out? It's a great transfer pitch that Oklahoma picked up and had success recently. Oh, Alex Storacco. There's not one of those in the one of those types of talent in the portal until Vauder got in. And once Vauder got in, I think it became kind of interesting to see, you know, what the reaction was going to be and who was going to be in on. I think some people tried to go ahead and say Vauder's on her way to Georgia, but Georgia's been, you know, they've been they've done a good job of picking up talent. You know, Brielle, uh, Briellis uh, ended up going somewhere else. I know some had tried to link her to Oklahoma, but I I honestly think that. Oklahoma's going in the portal probably for a pitcher or two. And I don't think there was really, truly anyone that they were like, okay, this this can make us better until Vauder got in the portal. That's my opinion. And then the other side of it is, you know, the, why can I never remember the girl from Indiana's name? Taryn Kern. Taryn Kern. You know, I think Taryn Kern is a definite possibility. I just I don't know if – I don't know if Oklahoma feels the need to add it, to add her. That sounds, you know, not, not cocky or arrogant, but to those of you that think along the lines of, oh, my gosh, there is there is young people that deserve an opportunity. Well, maybe Patty Gasso, maybe JT Gasso look at Kern and say, you know, is she going to be able to play defense? Can we fix the issues that she had defensively? And do you want another player that, you know, is going to be nothing but a DP every time. And if you do, is that someone that can be that consistent type of bat? Because to me, you look at two positions that you have open heading into this year, and it's second base and right field. And the only reason you have second base open is because I'm assuming, Josh Helmer, that you're pretty set with T.R.A. Jennings going over to short if she feels good enough, and, and that range is where she feels comfortable right now. And I don't know if, if Coach Gasso would look at that and say, I need to bring her in, or if Coach Gasso would look at that and say, and Avery Hodge could be fine there and gives us a little different look at the plate. Quincy Lilio has shown the ability to play second. You know, maybe she, maybe one of the other youngsters coming in. Maybe you look at it and, and like we did in 2019 where I just thought Kaylee Clifton was going to move over to short. Maybe someone comes in and is like, oh, yeah, this is a shortstop. Not to the degree of Grace Lyons, but really that slides in at short. I don't know. But as far as it stands right now, you know, I think if, if they decide that Kern can be part of this roster, I think she's going to be here. It's just my opinion. Uh, and I think you're going to see a lot of Vauder talk over the next couple of days. I don't think Elena Vauder went into the portal, Josh, with the idea that she's coming to Oklahoma. I don't think I don't. I don't kind of like Hope Troutwine. Oklahoma had to fight Texas for her. I think that this is uh, is a pretty good battle going on right now between a handful of schools, and I think Oklahoma's in the mix. Is that okay? Is that good? I don't know. 
there's not really too too truly in-depth secretive information there. A lot of it I think most of you have heard, but I mean a bottom line it for you, there's no there's not a hot hope Troutwine or Alex Straco in the in the portal. And maybe Vauder was the closest thing they could find to it. And I think there would be one more pitcher at least that they could be looking at. How's that? I love it. That's a, a nice nice update there. It's what I do. It's what I, I make stuff up and see if it sticks. All right, big story number four. Number four. Number four. So I saw this story last night about Will Wade, the LSU basketball coach. And in the story was the penalties that were handed out to Wade beyond just the initial self-imposed postseason ban and scholarship reduction in 2020. It was a show cause, I think a suspension that was thrown in there for the former LSU head coach. But, Josh, and I'm glad Stuart Mandel pointed this out, in part of the discussion, or excuse me, in part of the penalty phase, they vacated 37 wins from Les Miles. And that penalty reduced Les Miles' official career record from 145 and 73 to 108 and 73, which means that Les Miles is no longer a college football Hall of Fame candidate because he no longer meets the 600 career winning percentage needed to qualify for the college football Hall of Fame. And i got to be honest with you, I never had really even thought about, like, is Les Miles a Hall of Famer? I mean, he won a national championship, right? But from 2012 to 2015, former offensive lineman Fidel Alexander was retroactively rendered ineligible because his father received 180k from a booster who embezzled funds from a children's hospital to pay for Vidal Alexander. Funneled, embezzled funds from a children's hospital. Yeah, that's about as low of the low you can get. LSU previously self-imposed the postseason ban, but... This probably hurts Les Miles a little bit more. According to the College Football Hall of Fame, a coach becomes eligible to be considered for selection three years after retirement or at 70 years of age, having coached for at least 10 years, 100 games with a 600 winning percentage. And the Hall recognizes the coach's official NCAA record. So that got me debating in my mind, is he, is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, would he have been if you didn't have to vacate these? Do we just every coach that wins a national championship is a Hall of Famer now? Probably not. No, I mean, that shouldn't be the case, that every single coach that – Ed Orgeron's not a Hall of Famer. So in your mind, would – you know, the story was, hey, he vacated 40 wins. He's not eligible for it. Was Les Miles a Hall of Famer? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that the esteem that I hold – Les Miles in versus Ed Ordron is like two completely different planets. So take that for Fair what enough. it's worth. Is he one of the greatest to ever coach in college football? No, probably not. But he was really good for an extended period of time. Yeah. I don't know. But interesting stuff coming out and that funneling money. I know that story's been out there for a while, but sheesh. 
That's terrible. All right, big story number three. Number three. Before we get to the College World Series and more on the NBA draft, NFL news, Josh Helmer. I was not aware of the beef between Jamar Chase and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I I guess it started with Jamar Chase saying, Pat, who? On a, on a podcast or in an interview or something. And then Mahomes, you know, flashed the ring picture on Twitter. And I guess, I guess, Josh, there was more to this because Travis Kelsey wasn't done. And he had this to say on his podcast about the beef between Patrick Mahomes and Jamar Chase. We got Chiefs beef. Earlier this week, Bengals receiver Jamar Chase told reporters Pat who, in reference to Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, conceding that Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Thought it was a little bold. Yeah. The guy's a two-time league MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP. To say Pat who is like... A little disrespectful. Pat didn't like it. Mahomes tweeted a photo of himself at the Chiefs ring ceremony. Glad you guys had fun doing that. Wearing his two Super Bowl rings with (laughs) the declaration... That's who. I just wish it would have devolved to who Mahomes, who Mahomes. I see where you're going with that. I don't know if that plays here because nobody's name is Mike, and that's the reference you're going to is Mike Jones. But Ma, who Mahomes. Nope, not letting you go there. I just want this to be chanted in Chiefs teams. Who Mahomes, who Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, man, it is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for, you know, holding it down for his QB, but <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. <laughs> Thoughts. 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 By the way, I don't think the who Mahomes. I don't think that's gonna. No, it's not catching. Catch on. Off, I do. But it was. I do like Jason Kelsey. He's a, he's a a cool dude. I like actually even better than that was his little. Yeah, glad you guys had fun at the ring ceremony. <laughs> Comment. I know, right? I laughed at that too. <laughs> Pretty funny, but man, so is it's off season. This, this and that. You not? know, who, it, I, I guess uh, we can play it up when uh, inevitably Cincinnati and Kansas City meet up again in a in a postseason affair, but. You know, look, Joe Burrow's a really, really good quarterback. Chase is going to have his quarterbacks back. I don't know that there's anything more to it than that. And you know what? Mahomes has got the last laugh because he's got the two rings. All right. I've got two Aaron Rodgers clips. Well, at least one on Aaron Rodgers off the field, one on the field. Which which way would you like to go first, Josh? Offline, or off the field Aaron Rodgers or the on the field latest? How about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, they they can't shut him down. Okay, this is uh, Aaron Rodgers. A good little fun off the field conversation about hallucinogenics, but more than um, anything, cancel culture. <laughs> All these bums who want to you know come after me online about my experience and stuff—they've never tried it. They're the perfect people for it. We need to get these people taking it. And you know what? It's gonna be hard to cancel me because. You know, the previous year, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. We had a good season. Ayahuasca, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. MVP. What are you going to say? Yeah. (laughs) Take that. Ayahuasca for everybody. (laughs) You know, my buddy, uh, my buddy Babs, Mike Babchak over at Mad Dog Sports Radio is a believer that once you try and admit to ayahuasca, everything goes downhill. 
Uh, there is uh, Robin Quivers. The Howard Stern Show has never been the same since she went on her ayahuasca trip. Phil Jackson, once he went on his, things seemed to go south for his management and talent evaluation skills. Okay. And now we'll see with Aaron Rodgers. Well, One year in so far. That's he, the says, two he says MVP afterwards. So maybe he's uh, he's bucking the trend here. Maybe he is. Now I would the also other... say the uh, the ayahuasca thing with Robin was it was pretty successful initially, and then yeah, it shortly. Well, initially, but you got to remember, you got to remember that was recently though when she did it. That was like seven, eight years ago when it happened. Just saying for those of us that are obviously in tune with stern nation i thought i thought that it had been like 2010 or something when she did maybe maybe i'm misremembering was that what it was no no you know what you might be right memory is not my strong suit but i did promise you a little aaron Rodgers on the field so there is his take on being uncancelable here is nathan hackett's take on Aaron Rodgers' freedom within the Jets' offense. There's going to be some freedom with Aaron. And Aaron, as we moved forward in the Green Bay system, there was definitely more freedom as we went. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to just continue that because I think you got to take advantage of a guy like Aaron that is um, so smart and understands it. So uh, trying to build this thing for him and build it so that when he sees certain things, he can do um, all kinds of stuff and uh, put us in the best position possible. There you go. Josh, a little Aaron off the field, a little Aaron on the field. Nathaniel Hackett. Anything I'm missing out on the NFL? I feel like it's got the potential to be a nice, quiet weekend. Uh, we haven't heard much more on the Tyree Kill situation out of Miami. To put a wrap on stories from this week, DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook are still unsigned. Sean like McDermott been, uh... extended through 2027. Now, okay, that surprised me. That surprised me. I thought that he might be a little hot seaty if things didn't happen well this year. And that's not to say he won't still get canned, right? If things don't go well, there's always these magical outs. But that at least tells you even if things go south this year, he's going to at least get another season, right? That's yeah. at least, no I know it's through 27, but that's at least the assurance that, all right, you're going to get to coach in 24 and potentially 25, unless it goes really south. All right, big story number two. Number two. And please don't ask me why I'm always trying to fire Sean McDermott. I have no real explanation. <laughs> Last night was one of the coolest college baseball moments that I would even stop and say maybe one of the coolest baseball moments I've ever seen. LSU, do you have the final call? Did I send you the final call, I've Josh? got it. Okay. LSU and Wake Forest, an incredible game into the 11th inning, scoreless. First College World Series game since 19, when was this, 1998? Wow. That went scoreless into the 10th inning, and that was Arkansas and South Carolina. Uh, oh, yep, South Carolina, Arkansas. 14-inning game there. Here, in the bottom of the 11th inning, LSU stud Dylan Cruz gets a leadoff single. So, Wake Forest, and it's Ted coach Tom Walter decides, 
Let's bring in the uh, let's bring in the ace. Let's bring in the stud out of the pin. Let's bring in the best closer in the ACC and maybe college baseball in Manasi. And his very first pitch in the bottom of the eleventh to what looks like a guy that will be starring on your next beer league softball team, Tommy White, sounded like this. Here's Tommy White, the RBI leader for the Bengals. And the first pitch is swung on, hit deep, left field. Did he just send him to the championship series? Yes, sir! It's going to be a mob scene at home plate. Tommy White homers into the left field stands. And LSU is going to play Florida for the national championship on the first pitch from Manassee. Crazy. How about that? How about that? All right, so uh, I got two cuts here from Tommy White. Uh, one, let's let's start with what he saw because, again, this is kind of that inside baseball stuff that some of you love and some of you can't stand. But Tommy White, game-winning home run on what he saw pitch-wise. Definitely going for heater. Um, I thought a heater was coming. But um, I was very amped up, and I saw a slider that was up, and I – get my bat head to it, so that was about it. And then Tommy White on just the field. By the way, these LSU interviews are just fantastic, Josh. Here's Tommy White on the walk-off in that moment. Um, I mean, I'm always confident in the box. That's just how I play the game. Um, I don't think I was struggling, but uh, <laughs> I thought I was doing all right. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I was super confident. Um, just doing my deal. Uh, that's about it. Super confident is doing my deal. Okay, here's the most riveting one. This Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens, fantastic last night. LSU stud, eight innings, two hits, nine strikeouts, one walk, 120 pitches, 82 of those strikes. LSU didn't. Obviously, he was out of the game by the time the game was decided. But listen to him talking about being in that moment, in that stadium, on that field, on that bump, that energy. Paul Skeens, what was it like? Um, To be honest, I think it was – it might have been cooler for the people in the stands than it was for me um, just because all it comes down to is just executing. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of, of Louder's outing. Uh, obviously, he did really well, um, executed really well, but um, just comes down to slowing the game down and going out there and executing. Wow. <laughs> Terrific execution in the media room and on the uh, bump out there. <laughs> uh, LSU and Florida start the World Series tomorrow night. In prime time. Big story one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Well, obviously, the NBA draft, two new Oklahoma City Thunder players for now. I mean, I'm sure there's free agent invites that they're going crazy over. Um, but another Kentucky player, Kaysen Wallace, six foot four point guard. And then later in the draft, Keontae Johnson. What does it mean? We'll go a little bit more in depth next. Plus, the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hi, welcome back into the Ref Sports Radio Network. We are the Home of Sooner Fans. A couple of uh, quick texts. Unless there's, I feel like we've talked a lot about the draft, the coverage, the Thunders picks. We didn't talk too much about the... And, and I still am, am trying to understand the context of it, the question that was asked about, you know, 
Jason, how's it going to be in Oklahoma City or something? I mean, this isn't this isn't the first time that Oklahoma City has ever drafted a player. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's like, oh man, are you going to be okay down there in Oklahoma? I mean, they got anything for you to do? I don't know why that. I blame Michael Thompson too. Whenever he came rolling through town, he's like, "Oh, dude, this whole place is shut down." I, I don't know, whatever. But did that? Did you catch that outrage last night or no? <laughs> uh, no, but that's uh, par for the course. Okay, right? we, we've seen that song and dance before. I mean, it, it, Gabe even texted about it last night. I was cracking up. He goes, what Case Wallace said was not some big slap in the face to the city. I don't. I guess I still don't understand why anyone was even asking him. I mean, where did that even come from? What was that about? But beyond that, I think uh, I think all is good. It's. I think all was. I thought the Thunder drafted well last night. It's kind of funny, isn't it? In the NFL, we don't do that at all. Like like Cleveland or some of these other cities that you know, aren't New York City or whatever. Like, I don't feel like we ever ask a draft pick, well, how do you feel about having to go to Cleveland? <laughs> are you going to be okay in OKC? You fine down there? So are you bummed that you're going to Detroit? Right. And have you seen Detroit recently? Anyway, your thoughts on the Pistons. What do you think of it? Coy writes, I wasn't really – keeping up with the draft because I was all in on the Wake Forest LSU game. But the only thing that bothered me about the draft is when the Spurs drafted Victor, ESPN Bleacher Report and CBS all sent out breaking news alerts acting as if literally nobody knew that was going to happen. Do you know what, Cooley? I have an alert that I haven't been able to turn off from, like, TNT somehow when I downloaded the app. I guess I accepted the alerts. Pick one. Not there's. I'm just telling you right now, as someone who lives that life, because TNT is like, catch the new drama. I'm like, just a new drama. It's like everything, Josh. My advice. I have advice on this, Coy. Yes, it's overkill. Yes, we all knew it. Yes, it's dumb. Just pick one. There's not going to be anything between CBS and ESPN and Bleacher Report that even if it breaks – the other won't be able to aggregate it within seconds. So, in other words, to eliminate the endless alert slash, I guess, what, push notifications, pick one. Now, I know, Josh, as someone who wants all the clicks, you would probably say keep them all, right? (laughs) Keep every one you can and click on every single one. Indeed, yeah. Why wouldn't you? It helps everyone out in the long run. Here's one. I don't – this is from – I'll leave this one unnamed. I don't think the man who casually stepped over a player having a seizure to go into his office and shut the door is someone who is righteously concerned about the good of college football. Hard to love and respect that guy. Wait, hold on. I should know what that's in relation to Nick off the top of my head, right? Thank you. From the 918. ABC's coverage of the draft was unwatchable. I switched to ESPN, and it wasn't much better. I ended up recording and watching only the Thunder picks. I, I, have, a, I have an idea, and I don't know 
listen, I'm not here to help out any other station. We're fighting the good fight ourselves. But I do think that there is a market, and even I guess we could do this, Josh, but I'm sorry, I'm all in on LSU Wake Forest. But I do think, and I saw a lot of people doing it, I think alternative broadcasts to the draft coverage on the networks, I think it's especially for the first rounds and especially for the NBA draft, I think it's got a space. I really do. And I think radio stations could devote and develop a lot on that front too. It's just, I'm telling you, I don't know which one I was watching. I just had it pulled up. But it was bad. It was, I mean, I, I was on the, the network that had the Monica McNutt couch interviews. And like I said, just watching the mannerisms and how everyone's reacting and mom and dad getting the mic. I mean, when did we start doing this? What are we doing right now? I, the, the, as much as I'm going to be excited if my daughter ever gets drafted in any sport, that's not a moment about me. Let the kid have his moment on his couch without mom and dad. What are we doing with that, Josh? Well, he said he wanted to have his mom and dad there. No, you have them there for every single freaking one of the players that were drafted. What are we doing? Is That had to be the ABC side, right? Uh, I was watching on ESPN, and they, they had that same interview. Okay. Unreal. It's Let the kid have his moment. All right, Mom. What's it? How proud are you of your boy? I'm proud. Yeah, he just got drafted by the NBA. It was a lot of that. Yeah, it it wasn't as. What do you have to? It wasn't as cringy as you'd think, but yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Okay, all right. What do you have to say to all the doubters? It's like the kid just got drafted third in the draft. What the hell are you talking about? The doubters. I'm just. I just wanted to prove all my haters and all my non-believers wrong. You've played elite-level basketball since you were five. What the hell are you talking about? From the 405, we're hitting the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here on the Plank Show. This is a good question, and I think a fair one. With the latest cuts at ESPN, should OU or the SEC have any concern? Josh, let me volley that one to you. Because I'm sure you guys have seen this quite a bit on Locked On Sooners. Do you have any concerns about some of the financial doom and gloom reports for the future of ABC and ESPN as it comes to the future of the TV rights contracts for the SEC and others? I don't, but maybe we should, right? I mean, what what happens? Uh, I agree. What, what happens going forward if Disney decides they're less interested in sports? A lot of money invested. Right. I mean, a, a contract's a contract's a contract, right? I mean, the, oh, folks yeah. are getting paid regardless. The The deal's been done. Well, here's here's my philosophy on it, and I, and I completely understand, and I think it's a hell of a question. But And there's going to be some reportedly jaw-dropping type, you know, cuts that are going to be made by ESPN. But it's kind of like the NFL. You ever hear of a team getting in trouble for being over the salary cap? No, never happens. They cut a guy and they blame the salary cap, but if they really wanted to find a way to keep him, they find a way to keep him. I kind of feel like that with ESPN. There might be a struggle on some financial terms, but and I mean that as the overall bottom line, 
But you're not going to hear about Stephen A. Smith getting fired. And you're not going to see anything about Scott Van Pelt being let go because of budget issues. And you're not going to hear about them offering any less for the NFL package or Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. If, they want, if you want to spend, if you, you, you'll, you'll spend. If it matters to you that much, you'll pay to have it around. Mm-hmm. So like, it, I, and I have, I have soured on this so much in my old age, dude. Well, you know, we just had to for budget reasons. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't have to do that for budget reasons. You did that because you're paying so much for the things that matter to you most. Period. That's it. You'll overspend for the things that matter and the things that you look at as, eh, you know, expendable. Ah, not that big of a deal. You're willing to, eh, you're expendable. You are non-essential. Mm-hmm. You're like the person that whenever they said, hey, uh, non-essential employees could stay home, that you celebrate and you realized, oh, geez, that's probably not good. ESPN, to me, ABC, and as long as it's under that Disney umbrella, is always going to pay for what matters to them and what makes money for them. And get, uh, Dude, this was um, – I was listening to – you ever listen to Brian Curtis on The Ringer? Uh, no. Because I had. Okay. Out of nowhere, he, like, followed me on Twitter. So I thought, I, I must have said something dumb, whatever. <laughs> right. But he's just – he's followed me. And so then I, I mean, obviously, when a dude with like 100,000 Twitter followers, you're like, either he follows 100,000 people like John Cena, or I got to check out what's going on here. And he brought up a, a really, really good point about this whole mindset of what's, what's winning on TV right now. Even if ABC's like, we are done with ESPN. Well, guess what's bringing ABC its highest ratings? Sports, live sports. So... As long as we're all watching, I think that you're always going to end up in a situation where that money's going to be there. And as one great man once said, Josh, toothpaste out of the tube. Good luck trying to get it back in. Good question. Good question. Fair question. Quick break. I mentioned we're spending the last 30 minutes of this show catching up on the text line. Many more to come next right here on The Ref. I think Josh is trying to match beats with the uh, Riverwind Casino DJ today. I think I think you're trying to go with the better jams than the Riverwind Casino disc jockey. Tough to well do. Done. It's tough, man. That's where we are. That's where we spend our Fridays. Makes me happy whenever I hand it off to Steel Man. I always see Mike Steely's bright, shiny face, which is coming in here in a bit. Riverwind.com. The uh, Grand Ballroom opens, the Grand Theater opens back up tonight for the first time with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Sold out crowd. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I had a few recent texts, Josh, that hit during our conversations over the last 20 minutes. Uh, This one from 5808, who's on fire. Lexington is the nightlife mecca of the world, I guess. (laughs) Case and Wallace, I mean, you... Are you going to be okay going from Lexington to Oklahoma City? I mean... Uh, Kendall, yeah, Kendall, I see your text. If guys think there isn't anything to do in Oklahoma, send them packing. Oh, I agree. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. By the way, Kendall, Especially I need if they're advice. really good at basketball, get them out of here. Right. Gone. See ya. <laughs> uh, I am adding some sod, but I don't think July is the time to actually put down sod. Please advise. Have you noticed I'm starting to use the show from my own uh, – my own uh, farm that I'm trying to c- create here in, in Goldsby. I don't know why you wouldn't use the resources Rooster. that are available to you. I mean, 
I haven't really. Oh, there's Steel Man. I haven't really uh, passed this through the, the Casey and Bryman test yet, but we'll, we'll see. I, when I have my end-of-year evaluation, listen, can you please stop using your show to try to get people to do things around your house for you, please? Can you talk sports? Uh, Kevin from the 469, everything ESPN does is crapola. <laughs> from the 918, if I'm watching the draft, I probably know what a crossover is. Oh, did they go back into that NASCAR oversimplification of things? Gosh, when I watch a NASCAR race and Larry, now you see the wheel, it turns and it's connected by a rod. They call that thing a. It's like, stop. And then the wheel bearings, I don't even know what a crossover is. Uh, 405 said, I started the draft on ABC and turned it immediately when I saw Stephen A. Smith. ESPN was bad as well, so I muted the TV. Okay, so then you and I both were watching ESPN then last night because I never saw Stephen A. Smith. I never, I saw J.J. Reddick, I saw um, Jay Billis, and then Malika Andrews. Uh, Monica McNutt was in the inter- I don't know who the other person on the desk was. So if I didn't see Stephen A. Smith and I was on ESPN, right? We had to have been. It's tough to know sometimes when you're streaming. Uh, am I watching ESPN? Am I watching ABC? So, yeah, Wait, I, I guess this, that's. You know, the only way I know is if I look down in the corner and see it on the thing, on the scroll. It's like, oh, okay, this is ESPN too. Chris Rich, three runs, uh, 316, writes, I think sports itself is fine. People tune in for the games. But when you're talking about the future of budgets for ESPN and ABC, it's the annoying shows we don't care for. I think you started to see them. See, I thought ESPN had it figured out pretty well when they were just simulcasting their radio shows. Like a Mike and Mike simulcast, even though I'm not a big fan of simulcast radio shows. Like, what the hell do I want to sit there and watch you watch you talk into the camera and look at me creepily? But at the very least, you know, Mike and Mike was okay. He had what Colin did his show on TV on ESPN for the longest time and now on Fox. But they've just gutted that operation and tried to create all these. I mean, do you have you ever watched the Max Kellerman show on ESPN? This just in? I like have you Max, even watched but it's, that? it's pretty bad. Right. See, I think the dude's on to something. It's like I watch ESPN and ABC for games. Um, there's certain shows that if they're on, like I used to like Around the Horn. I can't even watch that anymore. And I like Tony a lot. I can't watch PTI anymore. I mean, it's all old news by the time they get to it. Like, right. We talked about this. Be- because of the yeah, the other programming, really. I saw this debate. It was uh, three hours ago on First Take, and guess what? They're re-airing it for the third time today over on ESPN2. <laughs> but that, it's, it's a fair point. And by the way, the, the genesis of that was, hey, what – should we worry at all when you hear about these ESP and ABC layouts about the future of TV contracts and deals for networks? We say, think you're going to be okay. Quick break. We're back to wrap it for Mervyn next. Final quick segment for us. Do you want to end with this softball point from Coy? Even though uh, Bama Tom dropped this little bomb, writes, best way to kill NIL, make all scholarship athletes pay back their entire scholarship costs since it was paid for with government tax dollars at public universities. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the outrage? Oh, my gosh. I know. I would almost be here just for the Facebook comments. <laughs> I would be more active on Facebook if that ever happened. I, hey, listen, you're going to have no to pay chance. this back. Uh, and then a quick little softball point in our final minute. 
watch out if we get fodder or someone big from the transfer portal. Everybody's going to start accusing us of cheating and dropping bags, even though Patty Gasso will not go out and drop a big bag on a player no matter how big the player is. But people are still going to accuse us of it. And there's the other thing softball NIL money is nothing like football NIL money is. But if there is anything, you know, I I got a topic for us on Monday, Josh. I got a topic on us for Monday. And it's it's really nerdy and it's really in-depth. But our dynasty is really bad. Like, is, is what OU's doing bad for softball? Is what Alabama is doing, is it bad for college football overall or – what the Patriots did, or what your Chiefs are doing, which, by the way, I think that is bad. I think Mahomes needs to retire, but that's just me. Maybe Kelsey can, too. But it's just, I don't know if I've ever seen that level of jealousy as high as it is on the dirt. All right, buddy. Josh, have a great weekend. You too, my man. Fun week. Steelman standing by. He's next, live at Riverwind, right here on the ref.